Welcome to the Know It Some podcast, bringing you the widest variety of conversational interviews for a well-rounded perspective on life. Because while it's true, nobody likes a know-it-all, it's also good to know it some. Here's your host, Steve Platt. That's right. Welcome back to the Know It Some podcast. I'm your host, Steve Platt. And before I introduce this week's guest, I'd like to remind our listeners that this upcoming Saturday is the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks on the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and Flight 93. It's a particularly difficult anniversary, and while I ask you to continue to keep the Afghan veterans that I mentioned last week in your prayers, I'd like you to also remember all those who were directly affected, not just those that served in the war on terror, but all those directly affected because they lost loved ones on that fateful day 20 years ago. Um, Keep them in your prayers. I particularly would like for you guys to please look up the story of a good friend of mine. I met him as a fellow veteran. We shared stories from two very different wars. He had served in special forces in Vietnam. I served in Afghanistan, and we became good friends. And then I learned about his story and his son's story. And honestly and truly, it was too difficult for him to come here on the podcast, but he does want his son's story told and his story told. He's the co-founder of the 9-11 Tribute Center in New York. He's also a past president of the 9-11 Families Association, has done a lot of work with the museum there. And he was one of eight dads to go to the site for nine months to help with the recovery effort. And the only one whose son's body was recovered. His son's turnout coat and helmet are on display there in the museum there at Ground Zero. And quite frankly, I I can't think of a more remarkable man and just honored to call him a friend. I would really like for you guys to please look him up so that his son's story is continuing to be told and remembered and that his son's legacy does not go forgotten. Uh, He mentioned to me that recently he's come across young folks who Um, don't know much about 9-11 because it's not required to be taught in schools in all states. I believe there's something like 14 states that don't require it to be taught. And so um, if you could just please look up his story this weekend and uh, as you remember the events of 9-11 and where you were that day, uh, keep those families in your prayers. His name is Lee Ayelpi. Ayelpi spelled I-E-L-P-I. And um, I know that we'll all this Saturday be saying a prayer for both him and his son, Jonathan. All right, folks, this week's guest is Florida State Representative Daniel Perez. Representative Perez serves Florida's 116th district, and he has been elected by his peers to become the Speaker of the House beginning in 2024. Regardless of where you stand politically, I know you'll enjoy this interview with Daniel. Sheds a lot of light on what goes on there in Tallahassee. I wish more elected officials had his integrity, and I'm proud to call him my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Daniel Perez to the show. Hi, Daniel. How you doing? Welcome to the Know It Some podcast. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being on. I appreciate it, man. You and I both uh, went to the same high school. You've gone on to do bigger and better things, and now you are representing Florida's 116th district. And the reason why I wanted to have you on is, I'm sure you're aware, politicians can get a bad rap now and then, but uh, you represent, like, you exemplify what civil service should be. The stuff that you've done for your district is incredible, and uh, it's a true honor to have you on. 
what made you get into civil service? Like what, what interested you about politics growing up? Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me, man. And you're right. Sometimes elected officials do get a bad rap. And maybe what, what people see on TV in D.C. may or may not be true. I mean, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not in D.C. I'm in Tallahassee. Right. But it is important for people to know, man, what, what goes on in Tallahassee uh, is actually a, a very much uh, bipartisan effort, man. Republicans and Democrats get along. Uh, we agree on probably 90% of the issues. Uh, so, so Tallahassee is actually a breath of fresh air man but as far as as me getting into this i mean i went to columbus here in district 116 where we went to high school and i have Mm -hmm. my house here with with my wife and my kids and this is where you know i'm going to raise my family and you know i i always grew up in in the world of advocacy whether it was through student government at saint Teresa or at columbus i was my class president i went to florida state after and i went to loyola uh, for law school in new orleans and I was chosen to be the uh, law school president while I was there. But I've always just I've en- I've enjoyed being able to advocate for those that I care about and came back to Miami, began to work as an attorney. And I had gotten a call from at the time was the incumbent, uh, Jose Felix Diaz. He's the same Brendan grad from right next to Columbus. And mm-hmm. uh, and he said, you know, this is in your this is in your blood, man. This is in your soul to serve the people. You know, you should think about it. And I was 30 years old at the time. Wow. And I'm going to be honest, man. Uh, running for office it's probably better suited for people that are i'd say starting mid 40s uh mm-hmm. because you got to have a certain amount of life experiences that maybe at 30 years old you don't have right uh, and, and i didn't have it at the time but nonetheless it took a risk and we went all in we had a special election in 2017 i was a i was an underdog uh ran against a a gentleman nice guy a friend of mine today um who was endorsed by Jeb Bush, the Speaker of the House, Congressman, I mean, everyone. <laughs> but but in true Columbus fashion, man, we got everyone together. We knocked on doors, my family, my friends. We went all in, and we were able to win that special election in 2017. And that's what kind of got everything started. That's, that's really incredible. You know, you mentioned that you went to law school in New Orleans at Loyola. With what has happened just now uh, with Hurricane Ida, Reminiscent of what happened uh, at, with Hurricane Katrina, I, I imagine several years before you, you started law school. I mean, is there a certain part of that city that's that's still home to you? I, I know law school is not the most fun time in the world, but uh, but you know, is that something that's near and dear to you? Do you do you feel for the people in, in New Orleans uh, in a, in a special way from having been there? Yeah, totally. And I, I still have a, a ton of friends there, and I've been in touch with them nonstop. Katrina was a couple years before I got to New Orleans. Uh, but you know, the one lesson that people from New Orleans, people from Louisiana learned from Katrina was to evacuate. And I will tell you a, a, a large majority of New Orleans left New Orleans before the storm. And a lot of them are actually here in Florida. Uh, Destin, I'm sure right now is, is, is full of, full of LSU tigers. Cause it's, I mean, <laughs> I know a lot of them left New Orleans and I'm glad they did, man. They, they won't have power there for for several weeks. I had a buddy of mine, his dad stayed behind in Jefferson parish, which is right next to Orleans parish. And mm-hmm. he's telling me the water pump got, got busted. So, I mean, Ooh. restrooms aren't working. Faucets aren't working. I mean, it's, it's bad right now in new Orleans, but I stay in touch with them and, and they know that anything that, that we can do here in Florida as a legislature and our governor has uh, said the same, uh, we're here to serve man and make sure we can help them out. And I know we've sent several task force Miami specifically out to Louisiana and Mississippi to make sure that we can help them out as much as we can. 
you know, you, you really do come through in times of need with the pandemic over the last year and a half. I know that you've done quite a bit for the people in your district. I mean, I've seen you working food drives. I've seen you doing all sorts of things. Has it been kind of a, a bizarre time to be in a position of leadership during such a, I know it's cliche to say unprecedented times, but really and truly, I mean, there's no real other way to describe it. This is really unprecedented. Is it bizarre for you to be in leadership during a time like this? It is, man. It is. It's, you know, when, when you get into office, you have all these great ideas that you want to finally implement. You know, you, for me, it was special education. You say, I want to help special education. I want to help uh, the workforce. I want to help X, Y, Z, the environment. You know, you, you have all these ideas. And then all of a sudden COVID comes out of nowhere. The economy shuts down. Funds begin to drop. Federal government has to begin to to send money to some of these states. And so all of a sudden your priorities have changed. People are out of jobs. If there's no jobs, there's no food on the table. And mm -hmm. so we have completely changed our minds over the last couple of years now because of COVID um, to make sure that people have the bare necessities. And when we got into office in 2017, those weren't those weren't concerns of ours. We went from having a food drive, you know, maybe two to three times a year. We were having them every single week in my district for months. I mean, mm. for months, we had it every single week. And these were people that they were driving by and they were so thankful um, for the food that they were getting. Uh, Feeding South Florida was helping us out with. So, um, yeah, you're right. It was it was definitely a, a change of mindset, but one that was appreciated because at the end of the day, when, when you run for office, that's what you're getting elected to do, to serve. And we've been able to do so. And, and we still do today. My office answers unemployment calls and everything under the sun that you can imagine has to do with COVID because the unfortunate reality um, is COVID is here to stay. Uh, yeah. It's not going anywhere. So we have to deal with it. Yeah. And we have to learn to live with it and cope with it and, and move forward. I think you guys are, are well positioned to help people do that because the truth of it is just that it's not an easy thing to do. And sometimes we do need to reach out to our elected officials such as yourself and, and see what resources are out there to help us, you know, move forward, what information, right. Stuff like that. I noticed that you served on a, on a bunch of different subcommittees and, and, and committees uh, there in Tallahassee. Is there an area where you were, uh, let, let's put it this way, surprised that that would be so important and, and such a big part of your your time in office? Uh, maybe, maybe a committee that you joined that you learned a lot uh, from and, and, and uh, maybe opened your eyes to, to certain things? Yeah, well, look, I'll tell you the one. I mean, I'm a, I'm a city guy, just like you, man. You know, we we grew up in we grew up in the city. Quite frankly, the best city in the world, in my opinion, Miami. So oh, yeah. sometimes the, the agricultural world is something that we just aren't familiar with. And I right. didn't know everything that fell into that category when I first got into the house. I mean, water, clean water, is such an important part of our environment and of the state of Florida. And I learned more of those functions when I got into Tallahassee. Uh, you know, we don't notice it here because because we're you know, we're so busy with the day to die, the day to day life of a city boy. But the funds that the governor and the legislature has put into the environment over the last three years is the highest amount of money that has ever been put up into an environmental budget in the history of the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. Clean water and sanitation is something that we have worked hard on. And we had, you know, the red tide and the blue green algae that has hit us over the last couple of years. And we've been dealing with that. We put the right funds aside to attack that us down here in Miami we had you know Biscayne Bay get hit harder than most of the other parts of the state so what I've definitely learned that caught me by by a pleasant surprise was uh, the importance of the agricultural committee uh, when I got into Tallahassee that's phenomenal you know it's it, you're right it's not something that you think about when you come from a big 
uh, metropolitan area, and yet so much of our state is uh, an agricultural um, hub, you know, and uh, it's, it's great that, you know, we have folks like yourself looking out for those interests. So I'm sure you're aware, not everybody is pleased by any action that you take as a politician. You're, you're going to uh, have a lot of people that uh, support your decisions and, and your actions. And because you are a man of integrity, which is important to me as a Marine, the majority of folks out there are very happy with you. They, they appreciate the hard work. They appreciate the sacrifice because it's, it's kind of a thankless job. But then you have those naysayers that no matter what you do, they're going to be upset, right? Uh, uh, people that just can't be pleased. And with the dawn of social media and the internet, there's trolls, there's uh, people that they get comfortable behind a keyboard. Because you are such an, an upstanding person, you're, you're a family man, uh, a, a husband, a, a father, it, does, does that ever weigh on you? How, how, do you? how are you able to tune out the negativity and the trolls uh, during, let's say, a campaign or, or anything like that? Because I know that that's part of the territory of being a civil servant, of, of being in office. Yeah, no, that's 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 true, man. Look, if you're if you're looking to get the pat on the back and and the 100 percent approval, uh, elected office is not for you. Uh, this is <laughs> this is this is a job that no matter what decision you make, there are people that are going to disagree with your decision. Literally, no matter what your decision is, it can be, uh, you know, free cookies for for every kid under two years old. It, and then and it and and there will be some sort of downside that that will get attacked. Um but that's not why, you know, you don't run for office for the pat on the back. You run because you have a set of morals and that's the morals that you want uh, your community to live by because you believe yeah. that it's going to be for the betterment of those families that live in your community, in your district. And, you know, I, my wife and I and my family, we knocked on thousands of doors and there were many times that on doors we would knock and ask for their support humbly. Uh, they would tell me no. And those are the ones that I enjoyed the most because, I'd like to understand why and, and what is it that I can do to gain your trust. Um, if it's a disagreement on policy, that's fine. Uh, but I've, I've tried to get in front of as many people as I can. I've knocked on tens of thousands of doors in my district, not only during campaign season. Until this day, I have a list in my car. And, you know, it's not every day. But, hey, every, every I'd say probably 10 to 14 days, I'll take out my list and I'll knock on, you know, 25, 30 doors. Um, and, that, and that's kind of how you, you keep your finger on the pulse, man, of your, of your district and understand what's important to them, um, which is usually pretty consistent down here in Miami. Uh, it's property taxes, mm -hmm. traffic homeowners insurance you know those are the issues that are important to us down here but staying in touch with your community is is, is critical uh to being a representative but if you think this is a, you know yeah i guess you can get your your award here and there for whatever project it is you brought back home but mm -hmm. at the end of the day you know every decision you make is a tough one and you just got to make sure that it's it's for the betterment of those around you regardless if it's a popular or unpopular opinion most of the times the unpopular ones are the which are the toughest are the ones that are most necessary for your district. So it's a tough balance for sure. That's so true. And, and you got to have that thick skin to understand that a, it's not personal and B that a lot of the people that are, that are naysayers, right? Like they might not have a full understanding of the, of, of what's going on. Like they, they don't have the full picture. And if they understood it all, if they understood all the, the dynamics and the moving parts, they, they might come around to understand why you made a certain decision. Right. So yep. um, that's pretty cool. For the listeners that are unaware, you've been elected by your peers uh, to become the, the Speaker of the House for the state of Florida, uh, and, and you'll assume that office in 2024, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That's uh, a, a truly incredible accomplishment, but also a pretty weighty one as well. Uh, I, I know of a certain senator uh, right now that, that used to hold that office. It, it's, it, has that dawned on you, the, the, 
the weight of, of that and, and the importance of that and how incredibly special it is to, to become the Speaker of the House? No, it's, it's humbling. It's a unique opportunity. Um, you know, if, if people don't know this, if, if Florida were its own country, the economy, the GDP of Florida would be, I believe it's 15th in the world. If Florida were its own country, I mean, forget about just the United States being the best country in the world. If Florida was its own territory, separate from the United States, would be the 15th largest economy in the world. I mean, that's insane. So to have the opportunity to to, to lead the state alongside the governor and, and the Senate is is a very unique and humbling experience that, you know, will help us in the House, God willing, but would also help Miami, you know, to to make sure that, that people understand they have a voice in Tallahassee. And I was elected by... 26 other colleagues of mine. That's how it works in the House. The Republican uh, caucus for that that first term, that freshman session, mm-hmm. chooses their speaker for their last term. And I have, I mean this, I have probably the best class of Republican colleagues. And the Democrats are, are close to us too. They're they're good people, but they don't they don't vote in in this right. instance. They vote at the end. Um, and yep. the my peers that voted for me are, are are honestly just gracious men and women that that trusted in me, and I trust in them. And there's no decision that that I don't bring them in on, that I don't ask for their opinion. Many of them are experts in their own field. We'll have one guy that's an expert on water. We'll have one person that's you know former law enforcement, former military. I mean, we just have people from all walks of life that that kind of when you put them all together. Uh, I think we become the best uh, beef stew in all of Florida, man. You know, we, <laughs> we, we, we believe in ourselves and, and I'm, I'm a lucky man to, to have them by my side. Absolutely. You know, I, I live over in the Sarasota Bradenton area in a, yeah. in a little uh, town called Lakewood Ranch. And, um, you know, the folks from over here, Tommy Gregory and, and Will and whatnot, uh, I know that, that uh, Will was uh, uh, your opponent. Uh, I, I hate to say opponent, but uh, he was the other gentleman considered for uh, the role, right? What's amazing is, is that there are a lot of folks that were not initially uh, in your camp or, or voting for you, and you've won them over tremendously. They speak so highly of you. You were able to kind of unite the caucus after kind of sealing that position. And, and I think you, you, you seem to, to believe that you'll be able to do the same with the Democrats uh, because of how Tallahassee works. How, how important is that to have kind of a united front and get things done? I think it's, it's super important. I, if, you have, if you have that separation that you guys see on TV in D.C., in Tallahassee, we wouldn't get done what we get done. And, you know, Will Will Robinson and, and Tommy Gregory and you got James Buchanan in that area. Yep. Uh, you know, three guys that are dear, dear friends of mine. I mean, Will Robinson is, is one of the most fine human beings. I mean, he has a heart of goal, a true soul to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, just a good, good man. Um, and, and he's been a, an important part of this class. So, I, yeah. I, I mean, look, we... You guys have others in this area and in the area that you live in that are in the class after us that are also very talented. You got Fiona McFarland. I mean, you guys, you have so many great representatives in that area. But yeah, but yeah, we work together, man. We work together across classes and, and across party lines. And, you know, I think the, the more the more important fact to point out is even when we disagree with the Democrats, it's a respectful disagreement more more often than not. Granted, you'll have your bad apples and your bad times from time to time. Mm-hmm. But. More often than not, we can sit down and just say, hey, look, on this one, we're just not going to agree. There's nothing I can do to convince you to be pro-life, and there's nothing you can do to convince me to be pro-choice. We're going to move forward. If it's a federal issue or it's a state issue, putting all that aside, we try and move forward on the things that we can at least work on. Um, Because if we don't, the only people that are at at fault for that um, are are us, and the only people that, that get hurt by it. Are, are the people back at home. So we, we try and stay away from that. And I think we do a pretty good job of that at Tallahassee. No, absolutely. And, 
you know, w- one of the benefits of that is that in these unprecedented times, in these challenging times, we can actually move, right, to, to try to mitigate certain things and, and uh, better other things. With that, with a united front and, and with the, the way that you've kind of been able to, to unify folks, what are the most important challenges to the state of Florida? What are the things that you're looking to tackle going forward? Is there anything on that bucket list? You look, I, I, property taxes for the elderly are tough. You know, when you get on a set income through Social Security and whatever retirement funds you have and taxes continue to go up, but your income doesn't uh, because you're no longer working, that's tough, man. But if I can accomplish something with property taxes before uh, it's my time to come home to my wife and kids in 2026, I would say I accomplished my time in the house. That's a big feat. Uh, but but hey, that's 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 what we do this for, man. We put big challenges ahead of us. And you know, I know every day we, we try and figure out ways to do that. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but for right now, our, our, our immediate goal is uh, to make sure that Speaker Sprouse can, continues to succeed the way he has. He had a phenomenal session last year. And then uh, working with Chair Renner, uh, he is the, in charge of House Majority for the Republicans. And making sure that we get everyone reelected is not an easy task. And he's been uh, trusted to lead us in that task. And I think he's going to do a phenomenal job. So that's, that, that's the immediate uh, priority with a, a long-term hopeful goal for those that are uh, in the elderly population. Well, I really wish you the best on it. I think it's in our best interest as a state that something gets done there. I want to leave you with, with something kind of like lighthearted. My podcast is on a network called the Roll-Up Network. It was started by a podcast called the Big Three Roll-Up that's centered around football for the big three colleges in the state of Florida, which we considered to be the University of Miami, the University of Florida, and Florida State. And uh, so they had a guy on from each, a lot of great banter. They continue it now with a, with a podcast called The Roll-Up. Uh, I got to ask you, you're a Florida State guy. I'm, I'm a University of Florida guy. Uh, what, what do you expect to see this year, uh, both for the Florida State football team? And how's that game going to go between us? Oh, look, you know, Coach, Nor- Coach Norvell has welcomed me with open arms. Yeah, I, I went in to take a tour of the uh, FSU football facility when he took over. And he gave me his cell phone number. And I was with a bunch of my buddies, a bunch of colleagues from, from the house. And they know how much of a Florida State football fan I am. And they told Coach Norvella, like, you just made the biggest mistake ever giving this guy your phone number. And so <laughs> I, I, I check in with him from time to time. I'm a believer in Coach Norvell. He reminds me of Bobby, uh, Coach Bowden, obviously, you know, God rest his soul. But he, he created Florida State football. And I hope that Coach Norvell can take us there. I'm a patient man. We got to give him some time to rebuild and, and grow. But. Uh, we're Florida State football, man. I think if we're not back this year, we'll be back next. But college football is cyclical. And, uh, you know, it's well, Florida State will be back sooner rather than later. But as of right now, it looks it looks like the other two schools are doing a little bit better than us, unfortunately. Just at the moment. You know, we were there a minute ago, right before Coach Mullen. So, uh, you know, I, I know how it feels. But, yeah, I, I think uh, Coach Norvell is a uh, step in the right direction. Then, you know, you mentioned Bobby passing. I had, I've never seen a college football coach get that much love and respect from not just his own fan base, but all sorts of rival fan bases, just all across college football, people with nothing but great things to say about Coach Bobby Bowden. Uh, do you have a, a particular favorite memory there at, at Doe Campbell? Uh, is there a, a game that you remember or a, or a season that you remember uh, either while you were at school there or growing up? I mean, look, man, it was after I graduated, but the 2013 National Championship in Pasadena when Jameis Winston uh, won the National Championship for our team and with, with his teammates was a great one. But ironically, man, the one moment from, from college football that, that I remember when I was there was actually a loss. 
It was a 33-0 loss to Wake Forest in Doak Campbell Stadium at home, pouring rain. I was a freshman or sophomore, and I was like, damn, this just can't get any worse. But you know what, man? It's That, that made me appreciate 2013 so much more because in 2005, I think it was, when we lost to Wake Forest and we got manhandled. Uh, that was a that was a pretty bad bad Saturday for me and my buddies, man. So uh, <laughs> like that's what I remember. But, but we redeemed ourselves. Yeah, no, it's like you said, it's cyclical, right? And it's and it's a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of hard in college football that you don't get in the pros. And um, you know, I, I wish you guys the the best because I think Florida football is at its best when its rivals are at their best. You know what I mean? That's for that's sure. when it's most fun. So I wish you guys the very best, Daniel. It's been a real pleasure having you on. Hey, the uh, pleasure's all mine, man. You're, you're welcome back on anytime. Um, I know it's the little one's birthday today, so I hope they had an amazing birthday. Um, thanks so much, Thank my you. friend, and uh, best of luck in Tallahassee. Likewise, brother. Take care. And that'll do it for another episode of the Know It Some podcast. My thanks again to this week's guest, Daniel Perez, both for coming onto the show and for leading with integrity. We need more leaders such as yourself. I said it before, I'll say it again. Thank you so much for all that you do for your constituency there in Tallahassee. And I wish we had more elected leaders like yourself. Folks, if you haven't done so already, five-star ranking would be the best way to support the show. You could do that at Podchaser or Apple and iTunes. Whether you're an Apple user or not, you could definitely do so at Podchaser. It's a newer platform. We don't have that many there because it's so new and we are so new to it. So that would be phenomenal. But also, we'd love those Apple iTunes reviews and rankings. It's the best way to support the show. It helps us bring on interesting guests week in and week out. So if you love the show, go ahead, give us that five-star ranking. But if you want the show to get even better, five-star ranking, folks, best way to support it. Another way to do so would be to follow us on social media and like and share our posts with your friends. So whatever social media platform is your favorite, we're there at Know It Some Pod all across social media, whether that's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. We're there at Know It Some Pod. Go ahead and give us a follow. And you could also write us in there, you know, with your feedback. We take feedback. We get a lot of DMs on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but you could also email us, knowitsomepod at gmail.com. Best way to give us feedback. We love it. Folks, the support has been incredible. And right now, I'll let you know who the guest is next week. How about that? Since you hung out around to the end of the episode, I'll do what I don't normally do. Tell you the guest next week. Comedian Alex Falcone. Very, very, very funny guy. If you love the Kevin McCaffrey episode, you'll love this one. Just had a lot of fun recording it. I can't wait to release it. Stick around for it. Folks, thanks for all the support. Really, really means a lot to me. And I'll see you next week.